Well, Andrew, that's a very good question. I mean, Jesus, a man rising from the dead, sounds impossible, doesn't it? Like a defrosted ice lolly, suddenly refreezing into the same shape it was. Or maybe broken branches all just growing back together into a tree. The resurrection is just not something that can naturally happen. Well, this morning we're going to investigate and look at the clues and find out what did actually happen. Our first big clue is the empty tomb. Was Jesus really not there? And if he wasn't, where could he be? We heard in our story that it was Mary Magdalene and some of the other women who went down to the tomb with some spices. They were the people that found the tombstone rolled away and the angel sitting inside where Jesus should be. Now, if the resurrection was going to be a made-up story, then the people you would choose to go and find the empty tomb would be men, not women, because men would be much more believed than women would be. But instead, it's this group of women who are the first to find out, and then they go and tell the men. Once word got out about the good news that Jesus is alive, it was told across the entire city of Jerusalem, the same city where Jesus had ridden in on a donkey on Palm Sunday, which was last Sunday, and where he was put to death on a cross on Good Friday, which was two days ago. If you were going to make up the story and Jesus was still actually dead in his tomb, would you really tell the city, tell people in the city where these things had happened and where these people could actually go down and check the tomb and see whether Jesus is there? Not really. You wouldn't tell your mum you definitely tidied your room when in fact you were lying because she would just go upstairs and have a look. Even the Jewish leaders, who we remember weren't a big fan of Jesus, agreed that the tomb was definitely empty. In fact, as we heard in our story, they tried to say the disciples had stolen the body and were just making the whole thing up. They even had to pay the Roman guards, who had seen the angels, to make up this story and tell it to everyone. Okay, so maybe someone else stole Jesus' body. Well, if you were going to do that, would you really take a dead body or the more valuable linen cloths? And if you were going to just leave the linen cloths, would you really just fold them up and leave them there? That's like someone coming into your garden, taking all the rubbish from your bins, and then just folding up the black bin bags, leaving them on the wheelie bin, and off you go. <laughs> Why would someone do that? Our second big clue is the people who met Jesus. Once he'd risen and the disciples had found out, Jesus didn't just hide away. He met up with them several times before he left and went to heaven. This wasn't just one person seeing him one time. We read in the Bible that Jesus talks to them about his death and resurrection and how this has, for, this has fulfilled the promise of the Old Testament. And he reminds them what he said when he shared communion with them just before he was arrested. He also gives them instructions about spreading the good news that he has risen across the whole world. Now, 
I realise that just because the disciples think they saw Jesus doesn't necessarily mean that they did. There could be other reasons. Maybe they are deliberately lying, or maybe they're just hallucinating, which means imaginary things. Well, let's have a look at those. Firstly, maybe they were deliberately lying. Okay, well, it's unlikely they were. Jesus and his followers were really hated back then, both by the Jewish leaders and the Roman authorities, who were the two main groups of people in charge of the city of Jerusalem at the time. To stand up and say that you were a follower of Jesus, that you loved him, you believe he was the true Messiah that was foretold, and now you know he's risen from the dead, that would make you incredibly unpopular, and you were likely to be beaten or worse. You wouldn't tell a lie just to be beaten. That makes no sense either. It would only take one of the followers to give up and tell everyone that they were lying, but yet they kept telling the truth about Jesus for as long as they lived. Secondly, could we consider that the people who saw Jesus were just hallucinating or imagining him? Well, again, no. You know what it's like when you play make-believe games. You imagine some food or some coins and when you're playing shops, like I have to do quite a bit. But you don't actually feel these things. You don't touch them. And if you have a pretend character in your game that we're playing doctors and nurses with the same patient, well, that person's going to look differently in my mind than it would in your mind. What's more is that these followers mostly had encounters in groups. If they were just imagining seeing Jesus, then they would all be thinking and seeing him differently. Imaginations, dreams and hallucinations are different for everybody. But everyone who saw and heard Jesus saw and heard him in the same way. Therefore, since we know that their followers were not lying or imagining Jesus, the only possible conclusion is that every one of the followers who said they encountered Jesus must have actually seen, heard, felt and experienced the real risen Jesus. How amazing is that? Today we are celebrating that the fact Jesus died to take the punishment for our sins, but has now also risen to bring us hope and new life. A resurrection doesn't naturally happen. It supernaturally happens. Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. So Jesus has risen. This morning we celebrate Easter. We're celebrating that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. And what I want to do in a moment is unpack about what that means for us as a community right now as we think about rising up from the circumstances we've been in. And there's a reason why I've set myself up here in the lobby of church, and we'll come back to that. But actually, before we get into that, I just want to, to talk to those of us who or on this journey, or on this service today, who don't know that Jesus is risen Lord, aren't yet certain that Jesus really died rise from the dead. Hannah beautifully unpacked 
for some of those reasons, some of those evidence that we can believe that, that we can, uh, you know, accept that. But sometimes for some of us we need more than that. The Gospel accounts talk about Thomas. You might have heard it, they describe it as doubting Thomas. Thomas was the one who said, well, I won't believe until I've seen you, Jesus. And Jesus appears to him and says, Thomas, see, feel, know. There's the disciples who walk the Emmaus Road. They don't know, they don't understand, and then Jesus appears to them and walks with them. There's the women at the tomb, they don't understand, and Jesus reveals himself. So for many of us, and perhaps all of us, we need a revelation of the risen Jesus to know that, to come to know him. Whether you've walked this walk for years and you're not quite sure, whether you've just joined us for the first time or a few times this morning, online, or you've come out the front of the building, if that's you, if you don't know Jesus as the risen Lord, then I would like to encourage you this moment just to echo some words we need to ask Jesus to reveal himself to you. If you do that with me, I just really think it would be great just to do that before we start to go into this. So if you'd like to close your eyes and just echo these words. Jesus, if you are the risen Lord, if you've risen from the dead and you are who you say you are, then ask that you would reveal yourself to me in the coming hours, in the coming days, in the coming weeks, that I might know you as the risen Lord Jesus Christ. If I might know you as Lord, I might know you as the resurrected Saviour. Thank you for hearing this prayer. Amen. I do hope if you've prayed that actually, the desire is that you will meet the risen Jesus in whatever form that looks like. And you know, just, just share that with somebody. Just walk that journey with somebody. Talk with somebody. So, Jesus has risen. And the question is, why has Jesus rise? Now, there's a whole host of reasons around the overcoming of death and the resurrection of, of his followers, the, the, the life that he brings. And I just want to take that on a step further this morning to challenge us to think about what it is. What's that reason that we have become resurrection people. What is the reason that we rise with Jesus that is important that we step into? This event is so significant. And as we consider ourselves these resurrection people, what does it mean? Now, of course, over these last few months, this year, we might have felt like we've been in a bit of a tomb. We've been locked down. We've seen suffering. We've seen um, our restrictions and, and health and all these things that have impacted us and we feel maybe we're perhaps in that place in a bit of a sort of you know, lockdown place that's actually, and now we start to see as, as the season comes and spring opens up we start to see the vaccinations seem to have an effect we're seeing this opening up we're seeing this moment where we can rise up this morning we are outside church this morning for, for the first time in months. Um, because we are able to do that, the restrictions have started to lift up. So we can start to see ourselves as, as rising up in this moment. But equally, 
there's a challenge to us because actually, as a community, we have thrived in this time. And, and that, you might struggle with that, some of us. But actually, as a community, we have become very strong. Or we've become very effective in the mediums to which we have used. And so there comes a point, actually, have we risen up? Are we rising up? What does it look like? And where are we going to go? What are we going to use it for? Obviously, week after week, we've met in this building before the pandemic. And we've done what we've done. But the challenge for us now is, is that exactly what we should go back to? We need a time to recover, for sure. We need to rebuild and to, to work out what God has got for us. But the challenge you just want to think about this morning is what is the next thing? In the book of Isaiah, the Isaiah prophet tells us so, Isaiah 43, uh, chapter 18, he says, Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. It springs up and you do not perceive it. I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. We're challenged at this moment as we start to rise up. Because what are we rising up for? What is Jesus calling us to? Our natural tendency, our human tendency, is to go back to familiar. That's the whole story of the, the, the the book of Exodus tells us that beautifully that the Israelites have seen God act in amazing ways. Bang, bang. The, the plagues, they've all happened there. And they get out into the wilderness and they're, they, they're waiting at the Red Sea. And they say to Moses, Egypt's coming after them. And they say to Moses, was it because there are no graves in Egypt you brought us into the desert to die? Did we not say it would be better for us to have served the Egyptians than to die here? They've been in slavery. They've been making bricks without straw. And now they want to go back. It's human nature. It's not human nature to go back to what was good. It's human nature to go back to what is familiar all the time. And that's our challenge as we stand. And that's why I'm standing here in this place in between yeah, so we've got a challenge. We are in a place of transition, in a place of moving. And is the Lord doing a new thing? Are we perceiving it? Are we seeing it? That's our challenge. And that will be our challenge in the coming months. As we start to recover from this, we need to start to rediscover what it is the Lord has for us. And as we start to rediscover, we need to build from that and up from that into what the Lord has for us. And back into that Isaiah verse, when it says, I'm doing a new thing, it says, I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. So if we have in these last months felt we've been in a wasteland, we have seen streams. We have seen 20 people every week part of making us come together and gathering. We've seen home groups grow strong. I do hope in these last week you found opportunities to use the rule of six to meet with more of your community. And if you haven't, I encourage you in the coming weeks to do that. We've become strong. The Lord has made a way for us in this wilderness. And our challenge is where has he made it from? As we rise up, what are we rising up to? Where are we rising up? to go. 
There's something really important we need to remember when we think about that rediscover. This community, this community Portswood Church, didn't start in there, in those rows of chairs. It started out there, in the mid-1920s, as a tent mission. This building wasn't here. The telephone exchange was a house, and this was an orchard. And they put a tent up here, a community from in the city, from Askew Park Road in, in, in um, St Mary's. They were in a hall, Askew Park Hall. And they realised that this community was a growing community. All the new houses were built here in the mid-1920s. Oh, the trams ran out here. It was the growing part of the city, and they realised they needed a ministry in this area. So they came and they put a tent out here for two years. That was the mission art. They came here to be here for this community. And after a couple of years, they realised that there was a need. As we all know, there's a need in this place for the good news of Jesus, to know about the resurrected Jesus as we talk about this morning. So they planted that tent. They put that tent here. They did that mission. And and this grew from that. But there's a twist to this story that those people who sat in that hall and worshipped faithfully week after week, they survived yet less than 10 years from the moment they realised that they were called to be mission in this community. So we, uh, that is our heritage. We are growing. We are here as mission. We are here, and I the words that somebody had, we are here as a testimony to this area. That is the words that we use to describe this community where it came here. So that's a real challenge for us as we look forward, as we rise up, what do we rise up to? Do we rise up to get back to familiar? Yeah, to be sure there's lots we need to rebuild and get back to. What do we need to rediscover ourselves? Do we need to rediscover what our calling is as a community? I have a real strong sense, and I shared this before, that God is calling this place, this building, to be a mission house, not a rest house. I'll say it again. To be a mission house. This building has a mission house, not a rest house. What does that look like? We don't know. We need to go on a journey together to work that out. We've started some steps. We, we've got a cat job club starting up. We've had other ministries that at the moment are held back, but we can start those ministries for for, for, for you know toddlers, for families, um, for the homeless, breakfast club. We want to get those ministries started again. We've just entered into a new ministry in terms of providing theological training here with WTC. We're starting to work out what it means to use this building for mission. And our challenge is not to run back to it simply for rest. There's lots more we, we, we could say about it. And I just actually, one thing that drew me to thinking about when the community moved, or where they, when they planted from Askew Park to here, they realised that what they were doing before, they couldn't do to reach their community. They had to do something different. 
So they added to what they were doing, they created new services, they did different things. And just as Isaiah said, I'm doing a new thing. And that's, and that's the account um, that we, we understand there. So we are challenged in this place. What are we called to be? How do we be what we're called to be as we rise up from this season? So just before we finish, I just we're going to go into a song. I just want to say that this song is, I believe, hugely prophetic to us. It was chosen unblind to, to me or any of the leadership, I believe, by the, by the music team. They chose this in a song. It says, let's see a song for our season. Um, we've sung it a few times over the last few weeks. I just want to focus this in on the words. You'll have seen Rachel dancing to it. But I think it's hugely prophetic to us. It's this song, Shine, uh, I Don't Hurry, Holy. The words are, it's time to start believing that our God is who he says he is. It's time to start believing that he really is alive. He is the risen Jesus. He's the one who set the stars in place, who fills us with amazing grace. He's right here in our lives. And we want to shine. We want to shine, shine, shine. Let faith arise. We long to love incredibly, to see your healing power. Forgiveness flow like rivers now, letting go of all that's past. Compassion and action, outward looking through and through. Help us see that nothing is impossible for you. So what does it look like for us to really shine as we come out of this period? What does it look like for us to live as a community that knows that Jesus is indeed the risen Lord? He is alive. For us to go wherever God takes us, to know that this is good news and to bring this good news to our community. That's the challenge we face as we rise up from this time. How do we shine in this place? As I said earlier, just have a sense that God is calling us to build a mission house. So as we come out of this period, let us recover together. And then let us rediscover. Rediscover what we have been called to be. Rediscover what God is calling us to be in this time and in this place. And then let us move forward together. Let us reimagine what it is that God has for us. That's anew in this season. But then on a personal level, what is it going to take for us to rise up and shine wherever God has put us? For us to, to rise up and shine within our homes, within our workplaces, within our schools, and to shine in those places. What is that going to take? To bring the good news of the risen Jesus to our colleagues, to our family, to our friends, to share this as a good news. So let us shine in this season. Let us shine, let us make the world a better place. Let us bring the kingdom in that Jesus lived and died and rose again to Harold.
So if you're able now, I'd like to encourage you to rise up out of your chair. If you're here, churches, get up if you're at home. Rise up out of your chair. If you're not able to, then maybe you could just rise, raise a hand or just make a symbol that says, we acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the risen Lord. And in doing so, we say we want to rise up with him. And we want to shine. We want to shine in the environment which we're in. Shine in the communities and shine to those we are with. So let us do that this morning. To that symbol. So we are going to sing. We've got a couple of really lovely songs. We've got that, that song I just saw the words for. That shine song. Rachel's going to dance. We can join into that. And just really concentrate on those words. What is it for us to shine? And then after that, we've got happy days, celebrating this day, the greatest day in history. And I just thank you so much for all the families that have recorded the dancing on that. You'll just be inspired when you see them. But thanks to Jeff and Sarah and Hannah and Esther and Samuel and Sarah and Henry, Joe, Steve, Jasmine. Lily, Evie, George, Nick, Nick, I love your dancing. It's great to see you all. I haven't mentioned everybody. Seth, Isaac, thank you for doing that. We're such a community, and that's brilliant. So, so join into that. So we're going to do that in a moment. But before we do that, I just want to pray for us. I just want to pray for us as we come into this season. So Lord, we just give thanks that Jesus did indeed come and did indeed rise again this very morning. And we ask that we would rise with Jesus as his followers. And we pray that you would inspire us and encourage us to shine, whatever that is and whatever that takes, in our communities, in our homes, in our schools, in our workplaces. So Lord, we pray that you would inspire us and equip us for that. In Jesus' precious name we ask. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Jesus has risen. Let us celebrate.